Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Take Off with John Clark, presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia. And it is a huge week here in Philly. NFC Championship game coming up here, Eagles and 49ers. We've got two great guests. Former 49ers coach Steve Mariucci coached against the Eagles a bunch of times. He has studied the film, Eagles and 49ers. He does it for NFL Network. He has got some great analysis for us. And then we've got from Philly, Bucks County, Penn Charter High School, Cousins, with Matt Ryan, he is the right tackle for the 49ers, Mike McGlinchey. So he is coming home to play for the right to go to the Super Bowl in his hometown. Thanks a lot for listening. You're going to like these conversations. Let's bring in a great guest. Everybody loved him when he was on here last year. Steve Mariucci, we're looking forward to seeing you on NFL Game Day mornings on NFL Network this coming weekend. What a big game we got here in Philly, huh? Big game, man. You're talking about. Maybe the two best teams in the league. We'll see about that. But gosh, they see yeah, it's a great matchup here in the Bay Area. Everybody's fired up, as you can imagine. And uh, I, I think it's uh, it's good for the Eagles that they are hosting this game because you got number one and number two seeds, Sean. And and uh, I, I think that's an advantage over there. The city brotherly love to be playing at home, no doubt. I think everybody feels that way here as well. And I gotta I gotta give you your flowers because last year. A year ago on this yeah. program, you said after watching Jalen Hurts that the Eagles have their quarterback for the next 10 to 12 years. Now, some people were in doubt. You were right. Darn right, I was right. And you know what? And I did I did a couple of other shows too. And I, I was saying really the same thing. And I'd say, you know, Jalen Hurts is the man. He's the franchise quarterback. Everybody just relax. And, you know, I guess he needed to prove it. Did he prove it or what? I mean, the guy is so dynamic. And the thing, when you get these dual threat quarterbacks, right? Um, and that seems to be the new wave. Um, after Tom Brady's gone, we're not going to see a lot of just pocket passers. We're going to see all these guys that can run around and run the zone reads and whatnot. You know, the concern with those kinds of guys is, can they throw the ball well enough from the pocket? Because we know they can turn their run, they can scramble, they can run all that college baloney. Jalen Hurts has the best pass rating from the pocket this year, 111. And so um, he's really come along, they coached him up, he's developed into a real, true franchise, close to an MVP quarterback right now. Probably won't win it this year, but he's going to be in the conversation, that's for sure. Mooch, is there something, though, that surprised you at all about his elevated play what he improved in uh that that was like wow i didn't know he could go to this level with this you know you, you know yeah you, you always guess this you know drafting quarterbacks in the first round is is tough 
um, because it's always, uh, you know, the crapshoot, not always, but most of the time. And he wasn't even a first rounder, right? And he start start dropping down. Of course, Brock Purdy was uh, almost didn't get dropped. It is so crazy what these quarterbacks are doing now, right? (laughs) Um, It wasn't so much, can he be that guy? But it's how fast can he be that guy? You know, how long does it take to develop and how many weapons does he need around him to showcase his skills? And I'll be I'll be honest with you, Howie Roseman has done a hell of a job putting a supporting cast together. That trade uh, for AJ Brown this year was that in the Christian McCaffrey trade were the two most significant trades right of the season in the NFL, and both really elevated their teams. The number one and number two seed, um, you know, there was others other reasons too. They drafted well, they developed their players, they signed some whatever. But right now. What impresses me the most about, um, you know, Jalen Hurts' rise to stardom is, you know, they didn't just develop him. They developed the rest of that team. That offensive line is awesome. They've, they've got a run game. They can throw it. They got really two number one receivers, and they have a defense that doesn't allow them to get behind very often. Both teams are, are bragging about the same things. This game, you know, I'm old and old school, too. And you're kind of old school too, even though you still have dark hair. But you know what? <laughs> this is a game that's, think about it, defense and run game, right? That is so old school. It just it get, makes me get goosebumps here. And that's what it is. It's smash mouth. Who's the toughest? It's a big time battle in the trenches. And it, it's about, it's not going to be a 42 to 41 kind of game like when Jalen Hurts played Purdy in college, Iowa State at Oklahoma, right? It went down to the last two-point try, crazy offense. This is going to be all about defense and field position and see if somebody turns the ball over. Well, that's that's good analysis. I, I want to ask you about one thing about it because obviously the 49ers arguably the best run defense and they're great against hey. inside zone, and that's what the Eagles love to run. But I'm looking at a little matchup here. The no Amador Lenore. Uh, you know, backup corner filling in for Mosley, I believe. And it seems to me the 49ers do such a great job with their linebackers of covering basically everything over the middle of the field. But do you think there's some opportunities here for Jalen and AJ and Devontae, maybe even Quez Watkins, take some shots down the field on Lenore? Yes, but here's the thing. They they do a good job. D'Amico Rise is a good defensive coordinator, smart guy. And they're, they're not going to put that guy one-on-one with these two great receivers, you know, very often. Maybe maybe a surprise time. But they're a zone team. They've been playing 89% zone defense in the playoffs. And they were one of the highest zone teams anyway. But because of, you know, some concern back there, they're just going to protect those guys and then play soft, come on up and tackle. You mentioned those linebackers. Uh, Fred Warner and, and Greenlaw really could. And they're, they're really good linebackers. So they tackle and they tackle in space. So they're they're not going to put those guys, that the young guy out there out on an island very often. There's not going to have that matchup. So so when you look at this, you're talking about, obviously, the 49ers. They want to establish that run with Christian McCaffrey. What, what matchup are you looking at that could decide this game? <clears throat> well, it's like, who's going to block both? All right, the guy is an animal. And so he's he's hit the quarterback 49 times this year, which is way more than everybody else. And so whether it's Lane Johnson, thankfully for the Eagles, he's back and playing. Um, and Maialato over there on the other side, because Bosa will flip sides. We all know that. And and so that's going to be the matchups to watch. Who's gonna who's gonna keep Bosa from harassing 
uh, Jalen Hurts all day long. Um, a lot, a lot of that will come with uh, some zone reads and some quick throws and some movement by the quarterback. But there will be times where it's third and eight. You got to go straight back and throw it, and somebody better protect against Bosa because he's a, he's he's a scary guy. I would have flu-like symptoms if I was playing against that guy. Uh, he's an animal. <laughs> I would too. I would tap out. Uh, when you look at their linebackers, arguably the best in the NFL, you talked about Warner and stuff. Do you think it's going to be tougher for Jalen to be able to run and some of the read option and some of the things they like to do, even RPOs with just how good they are over the middle of that field? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be tougher. You're talking about the number one defense. All right. That they, they, uh, they make you earn every damn inch. Um, so Obviously, the key is you can't turn it over and give the Niners a pretty a short field. So you gotta you gotta be able to sustain drives. Uh, they they tackle well in space. Like I said, they're playing zone, so they're back and then they come up and tackle you. Um, maybe because they're very aggressive linebackers too. Maybe some of the misdirection stuff get them going one way, coming out the other side, and uh, might be beneficial. Uh, but you know, Jalen Hurts is a guy that is going to make a few plays every game with his legs. You know, that that's that's a little that's the difference in this game right now, the way I see the matchup, because you got two great defenses, two great run games, two great offensive lines. I mean, they're two really good coaches, all, all of that. Uh, what's the difference? You have two young quarterbacks, but you have Jalen Hurst, a little more experienced than Brock. Um, but his legs, Brock, Brock's not a runner with the ball, right? He's once in a while he thinks he's Fran Tarkington and he's running around like a crazed dog back there and he avoids the rush. I mean, he was under duress against the Cowboys last, last week with Mike Parsons and Marcus Lawrence coming, you know, they got him a few times, but um, he's more of a scrambler run for your life kind of guy than a, than a run for first downs with your legs. That's the advantage that the Eagles have um, is Jalen hurts. If he makes three or four first downs in this game with his legs, that's going to be the difference. And, and you brought up a great point with Brock being so young, 23 years of age, uh, 7-0 with Brock Purdy. And, and I think they lead the NFL in points per game with Brock at quarterback, averaging like 32 points. So it's not like they just stayed the same. They got better, right? And so, but, but has Brock ever been in an environment like Lincoln Financial Field where the offensive line, maybe the communication um, isn't going to be as good because of the crowd and the moment? Do you think that the moment could be too big for him. What have you seen from him? Hey, John, I've been thinking the moment's too big for him every week, and he just keeps answering the bell. The guy is, like, unflappable. I don't know what that word means, but he's just a cool customer. I I, uh, I marvel at this kid. I mean, I don't think the Niners saw this coming either, you know. Uh, I worked with a guy named Kurt Warner who didn't get drafted at all, and he ends up winning, you know, he, he got a gold jacket right now. Um, but it took him longer to prove himself and and get in the league and get a break. Purdy is doing this in his first year. No other quarterback has brought his team to the Super Bowl as a rookie. Hasn't happened. And so, um, yes, it'll be tougher over there in Philadelphia with that crowd and that pressure and that noise. Um, he's handled it all the way through so far. The, the thing that he hasn't seen quite yet, and Dallas is a good defense in terms of intercepting passes and pressuring quarterbacks, but he hasn't seen Philadelphia Eagles. That defensive line, they got about eight guys that can start for everybody. 
I mean, hey, I I don't know what their salary cap is. They just keep bringing these guys in, and Dalton Sue can't even start. Jordan Davis, they take him in the first round, he can't start. They're just in rotation. They just keep them fresh and keep them coming. That's where that's where the hard the, the hard part is for Brock Purdy. It's it's yeah, it's tough to play in that environment with the crowd noise, but he's got that pass rush. They sack quarterbacks with just a four man rush fifty times this year. So that's that's what he has to endure because he's he's thrown into you know seven man coverage and and so um, that'll be the challenge for that kid. Uh, but so far he's been really hard to understand. He tried to put a finger on what makes him so good, and it's it's like he just does everything well. Jack of all trades, master of none, except winning. So all he does is win. Yeah, it is really impressive. And you talked about the Eagles' defensive front. I mean, we see Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, some of the veterans. They're on fewer snaps because they have such depth, and that's yep. really made them fresh. So they're they're still fresh. Um, the one thing that worries me too about 49ers' offense against Eagles' defense: how can the Eagles successfully defend the middle of the field? Because Debo leads the NFL in yards after the catch. So tough to tackle. Then you got Kittle, McCaffrey. Is that going to be a key for you looking at the the Eagles? Once you get past that defensive line, we know how their corners are. They're great on the outside. Middle of the field, how can they defend that against those studs? Yeah, well, they better because that's where Purdy likes to go, especially with Kittle. Kittle is is um, got to know him very well. He's nuts, okay? <laughs> and um, we do a, a football camp for Down Syndrome kids here in the Bay every year, and he shows up. He's right in there. He gets them all wound up. I mean, the guy has fun playing the game, and he is just a baller. And you know what? He loves Purdy, but he loved Jimmy Garoppolo. He loved everybody who he's playing with. And, and um, he's he's kind of what it should be, right? Play ball, and uh, he, he's not just a pass-receiving tight end. He'll block you like crazy, and he catches, and he's yards after the catch, like you mentioned. Um, Brock Purdy doesn't throw the ball out there like the deep comeback very often. Uh, that's not his thing. It's more in here. It's more inside, uh, in between the numbers, near the hashes. That's where he's very accurate. Um, you mentioned Debo. What, what I marvel at with these, I mentioned the Christian McCaffrey trade. They haven't lost since he started, you know. And um, Christian McCaffrey is a running back that can play wide receiver in one second, okay? And they use him up there. Debo Samuel is a receiver that can play running back in one second, okay? They are interchangeable parts. I mean, they're like the same guy, and it, they're both hard to tackle. They're both really smart. They can play it all over the field, and that's, I don't, I, I, I think you treat them the same because, you know, because we've seen Debo at tailback running like crazy, right? And then yeah. last week, they pitched it to him, he ran it, and then they faked it to him, and they threw the quick slant to Christian McGaffrey, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a problem. You're lucky enough to have one guy like that on a football team, that kind of versatility, like a Marshall fault, right? You can be a receiver or a running back. They have two, they have two. And then, and then, then we mentioned Kittle too. So, uh, that's the danger of playing against their offense. It's just so many darn weapons. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is no slouch either, man. That guy can start for anybody. I mean, he's a great number two receiver, big when I went to training camp, John, in the 49ers, to spend the whole day there, Brandon Ayuk had gotten kicked out of practice the day before because he was fighting. He was fighting somebody had kicked him out. Well, then I was there that went, and he's kicked out of practice again because he was fighting. 
the guy, that top guy, man, he just he loves football, and he's he'll block you and he'll catch in traffic. They just fun to watch. So so many weapons over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it also sounds like you're describing the Eagles' offense. That's what makes this matchup so fascinating. Is yeah. they have so much talent. We are looking forward to seeing you this Sunday on NFL Game Day morning. I want to ask you about Jalen Hurts because. Uh, he almost listens to maybe the same kind of music from your area. He loves Anita Baker. It's yeah, like he's, it's like Anita he's, Baker. yeah, it's yeah. like he's an, an old soul. Um, how impressed are you? Because I, I know you probably still talk to him, and you you developed a relationship with him after he said he was going to get freaky <laughs> out on the field. Yep. Um, are you amazed about as the moment keeps getting bigger? He's just the same calm, poised guy. He's twenty four years of age, but he's Seems like he's 34. You know, you know what I learned? Um, remember when Tom Brady didn't get drafted at 199 way back then? And 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 every coach passed him up, not just me, but everybody passed him up many times. And it was because of his measurables, right? He ran the slowest 40 and he looked like a skinny guy, never knew where the weight room was at Michigan. Yeah, just the measurables. What what we don't measure or evaluate enough or well enough sometimes are the intangibles, okay? The stuff that's inside of you. And and when you get a kid like Jalen, we know what his measurables are and his athleticism. We know how fast he can run and make him miss and, and throw up all that. You know, we didn't know if he would develop as quickly from the pocket or not, but he did. But the, what you mentioned about him is, He's got those intangibles that are like A plus rating. He's 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 a good leader. He's humble. He's smart. He's a worker. He he uh he's he's never too high, never too low. He's just right there all the time. And so that was that's that it factor when you combine all the intangibles in in the athleticism, that's that adds up to a great it factor. He's got it. And um I, I'm really happy for the guy because it's all coming together for him. And and he had to prove it, right? He had to prove it. He had some naysayers. Even after last year, when he took his team to the playoffs as a young guy, like, I don't know, this is the guy we need to drop the quarterback. Come on. And and so uh, I'm, he's just on a great path right now to be that guy that can play 10 or 12 years for the Eagles, right? 10 or 12 years. I mean, we had 12. that. You know what? This day, you know what? I would say more than that, you know, but the like the Aaron Rodgers and the uh, the Matt Ryans and the Tom Brady's, the drop back guys play longer, right? Because they don't take as many hits, right? And Tom is 45 in the in the combined age of Purdy and Jalen Hurts is 47. Okay, <laughs> so yeah. I don't think these running quarterbacks are going to last that long. I'm just telling you, all right? Because there's too many hits on the body, man. It's just it's like. You got only so many hits in your life, and then you got to go do something else. But, that's true. Uh, that's why I say only ten or twelve, and not eighteen. All right. Uh, but uh, he's uh, he's going to be the guy for a long time. I'm just telling you that. I know, and you told us last year. We oh, we dear. have it. We have it. Uh, two two final questions before I let you go. Uh, Nick Sirianni, you watch the game and you see him kind of the cameras right in front of him, and he's he's kind of you know he's got that uh, spring in the sauce. Um, and, uh, you know, he kind of lets his personality out there. He, he joked that some guys in high school, the rivals, they still don't like him. What do you think of that? The head coach for how relaxed Jalen is, but the head coach, Nick Sirianni, kind of putting that personality out there. 
You know what? I have never met him, but he's a Faison. And I and I like I like I like watching him. I like how he's coaching his team. He's doing all the right things. And he's looking at the camera and he's having fun with it. And uh, he's, a, he's a little nuts like I was. And um, uh, I, he's, uh, tell, him, tell him when you see him today that I want to meet him sometime. All right? And then we'll go have some vino or something. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he's doing a heck of a job, man. You know, and every coach has got a different personality, right? You got some, some guys that haven't cracked a joke in their whole life. And then you got some guys that are a little bit more fun-loving. They're all different, right? But the thing about it is you got to be yourself. And, and what you see is what you get with him, it seems, you know, without me knowing him very well at all, other than what I see. But, uh, heck, he's doing a great job. And he's being himself. Yep. That's the best thing, Be authentic. Yourself. So uh, what's your favorite 49ers-Eagles memory that you were involved in? <laughs> well, I got one. So I got a lot of them. Um, I went to Philadelphia. I, I want to see it was a Monday night. It could have been a Sunday night, Sunday or Monday night. In Philadelphia. And so during the game, Ray Rhodes was the coach this time. I coached against Andy Reid several times, right? And um, there were like bottle rockets or fireworks going in the stadium. What is this? We were kicking their butt. Anyway, um, <laughs> and then some shrieker goes flying by. Uh, I'm a wild. Let's watch this. This is going to be good. That, uh, I've just wanted to see this. I didn't want to talk to my guys. And then they tackle them and the crowd goes crazy. And then I go back. I'm I'm coaching and I go back to my bench my to talk to somebody. Two girls were sitting on my bench next to Garrison Hurst and Fred Beasley. And I went, What are you doing here? And they said, Well, we're just came down. We're 49er fans. They weren't 49er fans. They just kind of just wanted to do something crazy. They're sitting there talking to my players during the game. I said, Get out. Get out of here. I, I'm, I mean, I said, Where am I right now? This place is out of control. I mean, we got streakers and girls and fireworks. And it wasn't the 4th of July. It was, it was the most bizarre night I ever had. And then I think, I think shortly thereafter is when they had the, the judge in the, dance right or over there that would i don't know you you misbehave you're out you know um that's that i can remember that and now that never happened anywhere else i'm just saying see that's what we always every story about philly ends with that never happened anywhere else um right and i bet you the judge and the the, the court that was down in the bowels of the vet was busy that night because you had three different incidents in your story there yeah, I don't I think the streakers got kicked out. He was probably banned for life. The girls, they probably let him back in right away. <laughs> the guys the, with the fireworks, yeah, they should be banned. I mean, if you go to Lambo, if you somebody pulls out a cigarette, they're banned for life. You lose your season <laughs> tickets. They don't care you had it in the family for 400 years. I mean, they they're different different rules over there, you know. <laughs> but you but you gotta love Philly because Philly lets their personality out just like you do. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be a doozy this week. Tape your ankles. Yeah, you're right. And this is the first time San Francisco has ever played a playoff game in Philly. The last NFC team to play a playoff game in Philly. So this is going to be rocking Sunday. So what's your pick? My pick, I think the Eagles are winning. Look, Vegas knows. Vegas always knows. I think the Eagles are winning by a field goal. I think it's going to be real tight, like 21-17. You know that's great. Yeah, way to go out on a limb. You know, yeah, I know. more I know. than half the games in this league now are, are decided on the last drive, okay? 
So now you just narrowed it down to a field goal. Way to go. I don't have a hot take. And this this is only airing in Philadelphia. So don't don't want to upset the constituency. So can I get your pick? You can't. You have to watch game day morning to get my pick. Big guy. That's the way to end on a good tease. TV pro. (laughs) (laughs) TV pro. Thanks so much for the time. You're the best. We'll see you on Sunday on uh, NFL game day mornings. You're the best. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for having me on. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. So download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. All right, let's check in on some NFC title game lines powered by PointsBet. A.J. Brown last week, only three catches for 22 yards, He obviously let it be known he wants more catches. He wants the ball. He is a great receiver. Well, the over-under for A.J. Brown on catches is five and a half. The over-under on receiving yards is 70 and a half. And outside against the 49ers corners may be the way the Eagles can attack this team. 49ers are so good against the run. So those A.J. Brown numbers are very interesting. It is time to get your swagger back with PointsBet Sportsbook. PointsBet, your move. All right, everybody joining us right now from the 49ers, their offensive tackle, Mike McGlinchey. And this is pretty special. He is coming home this weekend, of course, from Bucks County in Warrington. He's coming home to face his hometown team that he grew up rooting for. How wild is this scenario for the right to go to the Super Bowl? It's a pretty crazy one. Um, but I think we kind of saw this coming as the years played out. Um, you kind of had a feeling that this was going to go through Philadelphia and you know, we put ourselves in a position to get two home games before we had to come out east. So um, it's a cool it's a cool opportunity. Anytime you get to play uh, for the title game and, and get a chance to go to the Super Bowl, it's it's extremely special. Um, but it's uh, it's even more special for me to do it at home in front of everybody that I uh, grew up with. And, and my whole family still lives there. So um, very, very exciting opportunity. Yeah, it's pretty awesome for your family. Uh, I'm sure they're all going to be wearing your jersey and stuff like that at the <laughs> link. But do you have a whole lot of friends? Like, are they going to wear Eagles? Or are they going to wear McGlinchey on the back of that 49ers jersey? Well, I don't know. I think I'm going to try and keep my family pretty incognito at the at the link this weekend. I don't think I uh, I don't I've I've told them not to wear uh, Niner red because it's pretty uh, outstanding. It's pretty noticeable color. So. Um, they'll be there rooting for me. If they're not rooting for me, then they're probably not as close to me as I want them to be. So, uh, <laughs> um, no, every, my whole family's will be there. Uh, cousins, aunts, uncles, uh, friends that I grew up with. Um, you know, it's been, it's been fun hearing, hearing from everybody reaching out and wishing me good luck and all that stuff. And, um, over half of them definitely throw in the go birds at the end of it, but it's, uh, it's been a fun week, you know, but now it's time to, focus on the football aspect of it and, uh, and just do what I do. So the last time the Eagles had an NFC title game here in Philly, five years ago, your cousin, Matt Ryan was playing against the birds in the week before. So where were you for that game where it's like your hometown team, the Eagles against your cousin with the Falcons? I was, uh, I was in the stadium rooting for the Falcons. Uh, yeah. So I was actually like a week before I went to go train for the combine. I had just finished my, uh, senior season at Notre Dame and was watching Matt throughout the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I, I was an Eagles fan until I was about 12 years old. And then uh, my cousin got drafted and our family switched to the Falcons. And 
um, you know, blood's blood's a little bit thicker than water. So we uh, we were our family rides with who with where we're playing. So uh, they're all Niners fans now and, and excited for uh, for us to have the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. So that's funny. So growing up in the Philly area, you were growing up a Birds fan for a while. Who were your favorite players when you were growing up? Um, well, uh, John Runyon was one of them. I, uh, you know, part of the reason I wear 69 and part of the reason I have the uh, middle bar face mask is from watching John Runyon kick guys' asses all day long uh, back in the day. Um, obviously, Westbrook, McNabb, you know, all those guys and Hank, Hank Fraley, you know, Hugh Douglas. I mean, the list go the Jeremiah Trotter, Brian Dawkins, like the list goes on and on. Those teams were super special. Um, obviously went, went to deep in playoff runs, went to a couple a Super Bowl or two. Um, and it was a, it was a really cool deal when I was a kid to be able to follow such a successful football team and kind of, um, immerse myself in, in, in the game of football and become a true fan. And, uh, there was a lot to pay attention to back then. A lot of exciting moments for, for Eagles fans and, and the city of Philadelphia. Um, and I'm sure there's probably some young 10 year olds around the city this year that are saying the same thing. Yeah, it's cool. So, so did Runyon kind of inspire you to, to play tackle? And uh, I mean, were there guys that you watched as well, other than Runyon that kind of inspired you? Well, I was a huge kid. So I, uh, I always thought I was going to try and be a quarterback like my cousin, Matt, um, <laughs> but I just kind of kept growing. And um, it was Matt and his brothers that kind of, and my uncles that kind of told me, Hey man, you probably should stop focusing on that and start putting your hand in the dirt. And so once that happened, I started paying attention to a couple guys around the league. And obviously the ones here at, at home were the ones that first and foremost paid attention to. So that's pretty amazing. I mean, I read that maybe when you were eight years old, uh, you were trying to play youth football for the first time and you were, you were so big that they wanted you to go out there and play with what eighth and ninth graders. Yeah. So I played for the Warrington warriors. Uh, my first from kindergarten through second grade. And I think when I was in kindergarten, I was against, fifth graders and then first grade was sixth and seventh and then second grade was seventh and eighth and then my third grade year would have been the year that I played against uh eighth and ninth graders and I that's my I had to I had to take a year off from football uh because my mom didn't want me to play against guys that were hitting puberty and all that stuff so <laughs> once CYO ball started in fourth grade I played for the Bucksmont Saints in uh in Bucks County out of St. Joe Rob and um and played CYO ball until I went to Penn Charter. Wow. And then also maybe, uh, did you have to bring your birth certificate with you? Did you have to prove to people that you were a certain age because of how big you were with some of these sports when you're growing up? Um, not so much in CYO, uh, a couple times in basketball for sure. Um, cause basketball, we played against our same age the whole time. <laughs> and, uh, when I was with kids that were my own age, I was towering over them. So, um, definitely had to, uh, had to, my dad always had it in his back pocket just in case. Uh, but you know, Thankfully, those days were over once I got to CYO. Well, you know the Philly mentality better than anybody. I grew up in Delco, so there's a Delco Philly and, you know, Bucks County. So how did this area mold you into the person and player you are? I think there's a certain toughness that, that comes along with uh, being from Philadelphia. I think, um, you know, you dedicate a statue to Rocky, right? And that, that kind of spirit runs through the city. And um, it's an underdog mentality. It's an underdog city. It's a self-made blue collar city. And, um, you know, I think my family embodies that. I think my, you know, every, every, every step of the way I had to earn it and, and work hard. And, and, and that was ingrained in me early. It was every coach that I ever had back home all did the same thing. I was coached hard growing up and 
um, they understand that, especially in the game of football, if you want to play this game right, you got to play it tough. And uh, and it, it's, it's certainly something that I think most Philadelphians agree with and share and, and are in, in common ground there. Um, and it's something that I've tried to carry through my entire career. So were you also a baseball fan in the city? Did you go to the Phillies parade in 2008 or anything like that? I did. Yeah, I was, uh, I still am, you know, still am a Phillies fan. Still am. I still root for all the other a big Sixers fan. My whole family, we have group chats dedicated to the, the 76ers and all that stuff. Uh, I have, I do, you know, I do root for the dubs and, and the giants and all that on the side. Um, but my, my heart lies back home with those teams. Obviously I'm a 49ers fan uh, now, but um, the only one I've ditched is the Eagles because I play against them. So um, yeah, I was super excited for the Phillies run this past year. What an exciting time. Some of my was able to get, I was out here obviously in the middle of the season, but I was able to, you know, get some of my family members down to the NLCS and all that kind of stuff. So um, what a cool run they were on and uh, you know, yeah, keep dancing on my own. Right. Yeah. It, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Is there, is there something like, I mean, growing up in Philadelphia, going to these games and seeing the Eagles play, is it going to be pretty wild when you get out there and you see the atmosphere at the link and you're playing your hometown birds, you know, uh, to go to the Super Bowl? I mean, this is this is not a regular season game. This is like childhood dreams of like the biggest game. You've been there, but, you know, the biggest game. I think so. I mean, it's going to be awesome. It's it's a really cool opportunity. Uh, obviously, something you dream about from the moment you start playing football and 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 really understand where you can take this once the dream became a little real in high school. And then once it became even realer in college, um, those, it just kind of kept going. And obviously what a cool opportunity it is to go and play for the NFC, I, NFC title game. I've, you know, I've done it twice now. I've won one and lost one. And um, hopefully, you know, we're on the winning side this weekend, but it's going to be a dog fight, just like, it, like the, like the TV wants us, wants it to be. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's incredible to get to do it in front of my whole, whole family and, and all my friends and, um, you know, against the team I grew up watching every week and, uh, against players that I've been watching, you know, since high school. And there's a lot of guys on that defensive line that were drafted to the Eagles and have dominated since I've been in high school at home. And, um, it's a really, really cool opportunity, but at the end of the day, it is just another game and you got to treat it like that so that you can stay on task and do your job and, and do what's required of you to get the win. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the longest tenured athlete in Philadelphia, Brandon Graham, when he gets out there, he's. When he's mic'd up, we see how much trash he talks. Does he uh, talk some trash with you when he's been out there against you? Uh, a couple times, yeah. It's uh, That's all in the front of the game. I mean, a lot of guys feed off of that. A lot of guys do, you know, it, and that's his style. He's a great player. He's a lot of fun to compete against. Um, he's had a lot of success throughout his career, um, and he's, there's a reason he's been there for as long as he has. And he's going to – him and the rest of those guys are a huge, huge challenge for us up front, but it's one we're excited for and one we're, um, you know, ready to take on. And when you see this defensive front from the Eagles, I mean, 70 sacks, it's up there amongst the most in NFL history. And you got four different guys with 10 plus sacks. When you look at them on film, how impressive are they as a group and how spread out it is? They're great. Yeah, they're one of the best in the league and and, and uh, they've been that way all year. And uh, it's certainly the offense that they've had to complement them allows them to keep in, in obvious passing situations so they can keep you know, keep rushing and keep bringing their, what they do best. And, and um, you know, it's been a, it's been uh, a lot of fun to start studying them on tape because they do a lot of things. Great. Um, you know, I feel as though we have one of the strongest offensive lines in the league as well. So it's going to be a fun, 
fun uh, atmosphere on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon. And, uh, you know, it's going to, I think it's, uh, it's kind of the strength of both of our teams right now. And it's, it's kind of the way good football is when you, when you can win up front and you can run the ball and you can play defense, you normally have a lot of success. And that's why, you know, we were the top two teams in the NFC this year. So it's going to be best on best and, uh, you know, see how it goes on Sunday. Final question with you here. Uh, it's a really special story and the relationship you have with your brother, Jimmy, uh, who has autism and you do so much good work for autism. Uh, I, I was reading maybe that maybe that he had trouble traveling and maybe doesn't like to travel as much. How special is this that you're coming home here, Jimmy and your family, everybody's going to be here. Uh, it's super exciting. Um, you know, it's it, a, a 45, a 40 minute drive to the link is a lot easier than a six and a half hour flight back to California. <laughs> Uh, for him. So he's going to be in attendance. He'll be in the stands. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's starting to get really excited about the Niners and our, and our run we've been on. Um, you know, he, he was actually at the game here last week against the Cowboys. So um, he's ready to go. He's charged up. He's been rooting for us all season long and um, very special to have him and the rest of my family uh, down there for it. Awesome. Well, Mike, Hey, we really appreciate the time. And this is a real special game for everybody in Philly, for you and your family. Um, so congrats. And, uh, hey, may the best team win, right? That's all we can say. Thanks, John. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Hopefully uh, hopefully we can come out on top, but it's going to be a fight. Ooh, mom, so flagrant.